Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Gav Gillibrand. You are the founder and CEO of Gav Gillibrand Coaching and the author of the book, The GHG Method. You're found on the web at gavgillibrand.com. You can see the spelling of all that. Just click on notes or wherever. Look around. You'll find the link. We've got it all linked up. Gav, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Josh. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. Yeah. So I listen, I love chatting uh, with folks that um, know a thing or two about having great physical health. Because as business leaders, as entrepreneurs and founders, usually a lot of us have high demand work, right? We're, we're constantly, we need to be in the zone. We need to have great energy. We need to be present in what we do. And when you're showing up every day and you're out of balance, and listen, I, I, I'm speaking from experience. People who know me know that I lost over 50 pounds. Um, and I can tell you, it made such a huge difference uh, in my energy, my mood, um, my ability to just, you know, enjoy life in a different way. And again, I'm speaking for myself. Your mileage may vary when you lose that extra dad bod or that extra weight. But but Gav, tell me about the work that you do. Well, I, I suppose my my background has always been in fitness, um, although I had a slightly uh, change of career. Um, so I'll give you the backstory with that. I, I, you know, I brought up in health, fitness, playing all sports. Um, and my, my health, in, this is going back to 19, 1988, 89. And Madonna was coming over to uh, from America to the wow. UK, to London. And famously, she'd be seen running around Hyde Park um, with these burly sort of personal trainer bouncer type looks that had personal trainer across their t-shirt I remember thinking all right okay can you be a personal trainer to the stars so that was I was like you know 14 15 at the time I remember thinking that's what I'd like to do um so long story short you know I I went to university to um to do sports science um but I accidentally fell into a um into a stripping career (laughs) (laughs) I I know Whose brilliant idea was that? Who was it? How did you make the connection? Who's? I, I picture again the scene from Magic Mike, right, where they're they're swinging hammers very, on the roof, and he's like, "You know, you can make some pretty good money." <laughs> well, you know that, that film actually put the industry not necessarily on the map, but it was a very good depiction of how it was like in the industry. But it was purely by accident. Um, I'll back up. So just before I'd started university, I started working in a gym part time with a view to getting into fitness full-time. And I saw on the um, the staff notice board, there was these, this um, advert for a peer on a show called Blind Dates, which was in the, this is 1993. Now, this is the closest thing we had to reality TV. Yeah, no kidding. And the, the premise of the show was there'd be a girl behind a screen, and then she had to ask three questions. So there was an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman. Um, and then she would ask these three questions and then choose who she wanted to go on the blind date. Now, this this back in the early 90s, late 80s was 
the number one TV show on a Saturday night. So it was, so I went for these auditions and I told a small white lie, Josh, to get on. I thought, how can I ensure I get on this show? So I bullshitted them and told them I was a stripper. But it was only, it was half a lie. It wasn't, it wasn't a complete lie. It was just half a lie because about three months before I'd actually been for an audition you guys call it a bachelorette party, don't you? Like, a, um, you know, like a, we call it a hen party in the UK. That's right. right. You, yeah, a bachelorette party. So I auditioned to be a stripper or a stripper gram. I hadn't actually done a job. So I thought, how can I make sure I get on TV? So I just told them I was, elaborated all these different stories and got picked. <laughs> anyway, I won the show. Long story short, went to university and then... For about six months before university, I started working part-time, doing this on the weekend. And 18, 19 years old, you know, making five, six hundred dollars, equivalent to five, six hundred dollars a weekend, cash in hands. It was great fun, you know. And I went to university, did my degree in sports science for three years. And a true story, two weeks before I was about to graduate, a friend of mine, who in the meantime had taken up working with like the UK equivalent to the Chippendales. Remember the Chippendales from the 80s and the 90s? Um, he'd worked with this group. And he called me up and he said, Gab, we've got a 12-week tour coming up to travel all over Europe. I need to know today if you're going to be in or not. I said, mate, I've got a 10,000-word dissertation to start and finish in the next 14 days. He said, when do you need to know by? I said, he said, today. That was the start of my career. <laughs> and that was it. So that was in 1996. And it was a full-time profession from 96 into 2010 um 2010 I moved to London and since then that's when I decided you know what I'm 35 36 years old I need to start using my brain instead of everything else and got fully into fitness nutrition and coaching and what I'm doing now but you know what it was a bit of a, a long way to get to what I'm doing but I wouldn't change what I did for the world because those 15 17 years doing that massively shaped everything that I'm doing now. Yeah. And I would imagine, I mean, that's not bad cred, especially if you're working with guys who, you know, they're just working their regular job. Um, you know, the body gets, starts getting pretty average looking or, you know, maybe, maybe below average. And here you have a guy that said, listen, I was making a living on stage because of my physique. Uh, I mean, having the stripper body, I think, you know, that's not bad. Uh, that That's not a bad uh, description of, you know, kind of like, man, you know, if I had the body where it was, I was that kind of, had that kind of confidence. It's not that I want to, I don't want to dance on stage necessarily in my undies. Yeah. Um, but let's say that, um, you know, I were at the beach and, uh, you know, I wouldn't have to be worried about being shirtless and having that picture show up on social media somewhere, right? And that's at least it. having that's a it. presentable body. That's, and I would imagine now in your work, that's probably one of the things up, things that you hear from time to time from, from clients. Well, well, most of my clients now, to be fair, that was one end of extreme fitness. As you said, getting in shape and being ready for stage is one thing. But what I actually work with is not guys like I used to be. Most of my clients are... 35 to 55, um, with two or three kids, professionals, yeah, sure, 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 sure. you know, um, busy guys and girls that don't don't think they have a lot of time, really not sure what to eat, 
and struggle with their weight. So there's my clients. And what I try and do is bust a lot of the myths. Josh, there's a lot of bullshit in the industry. There's a lot of things that people believe in fitness yeah. and health. Um, and if I say, right, we're going to lose weight, as soon as I say losing weight to most people, not everyone, most people, they think elimination, restriction, no alcohol, at the gym every day, doing all the things that maybe people don't enjoy. And the truth is it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, the reality right. is you can still get, you can still eat carbs. You can still eat your favorite foods. You can still have a drink if you want to. You don't have to spend your whole life dedicating to this. But what you do need to do is do the right things. Two or three simple things that are going to massively move the needle forward. So my job um, and most of my work on social media is helping guys and girls like that that struggle with the weight and just telling them a few simple key habits that they can sustain. And they get to still eat the food they enjoy and still lose weight in a way that enables them to have a life. So that's really my my whole message. Yeah, so what what are those items? Because I, again, I, I agree, right? And and um, I like, for example, a lower carbohydrate diet because I find that I, I'm satiated a lot yeah. faster. Like if I eat a pound of bread, it's not going to do a whole lot for me from an appetite standpoint. So if I want to fuel my body, naturally our bodies need carbohydrates. I don't want to get into a big debate on the, with my keto people out there. Cause I know that oh, <laughs> they're like all yeah. of a sudden rolling up their sleeves, getting ready to go to town. I'll let you Gav uh, kind of explain your point of view on, you know, is it more a calories in calories out kind of thing? You know, do you, um, you know, uh, in terms of macros, you know, where, where do you see yourself, you know, kind of gearing people toward? Yeah, I, I get it. And here's, here's the truth. There's, there's a hundred diets out there. Oh, but yeah. All of them, all of them work mm -hmm. by one mechanism only. You have to be in a calorie deficit, right. which means you have to burn more calories than you're taking in. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the people won't believe this, but the truth is from countless studies, it really does boil down to that calories in, calories out. Absolutely. Now, now that said, that's not the whole picture. So absolutely, if you burn more than you take in, you'll lose weight. If you take in more than you, you burn, you'll gain body fat. That said, you still need to want to have the best quality calories within those calories. So like you could eat chips and, and you know, Chinese takeaway and a pizza all day long. If you're in a calorie deficit, you'll still lose weight. Is that the healthiest way? Absolutely yeah. not. So we want to look at the quality as well as the quantity. Now, you know, look, I'm a fan of keto. Um, as in, it's just one method to help someone lose body yes, fat. Right. Um, but it's no better or no worse than a low-carb diet, a high-protein diet, a high-fat diet. It doesn't matter what the method is. You still ultimately have to be in a calorie deficit to work. Now, I've known people that do keto, or they think they're doing keto, which means they, they've cut all their carbs out and they're right. just eating protein fat. Now, I've known people that are very overweight that are doing keto. Yes. Like, well, I should be burning body fat. Well, so how many calories are you eating? Well, I don't track calories. I'm doing keto. Well, mm. hang on. You still need to know the maths. Like You still need to know the numbers coming in. Um, I, I, I actually had a bit of a debate with a, a big influencer, and I'm not going to mention his names because I'm not into slanging other people off. That's not my – he told me that he ate 4,500 calories a day and didn't work out and was still losing weight. And I said to him, mm, okay, tell me how you broke every yeah. law of physics known to man. Right, tell, me how right. you, tell me how you did that. And he couldn't come. He said it was his hormones and 
if you eat the right food, you're going to lose weight. I'm sorry, but he's just talking absolute rubbish there. But it's another yeah. debate for another time. So if we control the calories, this is where I want people to have a life. Look, if right. I said to you, Josh, say you wanted to lose 50 pounds, I said the only way that you can do that is have no alcohol, no carbs, uh, no coffee, no fun, no life. Like, how how much are you going to adhere to that? You're just not going to do it. It's not. No, I'm, I'm going to fight way. you. I'm going to fight you every step of the way, right? Of Unless you are. the pain is absolutely so severe. Absolutely, that, like it's. I'm going to die if I don't yeah. cut out those things. Then yes, of, of <laughs> you course, got of me. Course. Otherwise, of course. And, totally. Absolutely. And let's say you were, the pain was so severe and you lost that 50 pounds. Um, I would say to a client, if you can't see yourself doing this, not just for 12 weeks, but for 12 months, for 12 years, if it doesn't become part of your lifestyle, you probably shouldn't do it. Now, mm-hmm. the problem I have with all the, the keto advocates, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with keto. It's a great way if, if you like not having fun. <laughs> if, you, if you don't want to eat carbs again, do keto like if you don't want to have but if you want to have carbohydrates in your diet and still lose weight equal to the amount of keto like there's no magical formula we just need to control the numbers and eat in a way that you can sustain so it's all about sustainability and if you're not enjoying it if you think oh my god i've got to eat this plate of vegetables and meat and no carbs yeah exactly if you're not if you're thinking about carbs all the time it's probably not the right plan for you you know yeah i have found um and again um you know just for my own self like uh, you know i've uh, you know i've i've absolutely uh you know when i lost my big weight it was 57 pounds and that was about let's say 11 years ago um and, and all i really did was I tracked everything that I ate, that this is what worked for me, right? I I ate a lot more produce because I found that I could get a lot of nutrients. I was really mindful of how I was feeling, right? Because if I felt good, then I could live another day and I could keep doing this. When I, and this is more of a, I'd say under the banner or label of um, Atkins, you know, I just felt like crap, and I'm like, that. this is not a program that I can stick with. I need something right. that's sustainable, that's still going to put up those calorie deficits on a daily basis. Uh, and, and that is every time. You think about this, Gap. It's, it's the person that's listening to us. If you want your pet to lose weight, how would you do that? You know, you, you wouldn't, yeah. you know, you wouldn't put There's him no on such, What yeah, you do you is you, re- you reduce his food slightly. Yes. And take him for an extra walk. That's yes. exactly what we need to do as humans. So we overcomplicate it. We over, we right. do, totally overcomplicate the things. And and here's the thing: if 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 a diet is called a special name, and Hollywood are doing it, that's yeah. when you need to turn and walk away because yeah. that means someone's making a lot of money from launching this special diet. There's no name for my diet. I say, look, you've already got a diet. You're just consuming more calories than you need. So we need to look mm. at the numbers. If I look at all my clients I'm working with, every single one of them is following a different plan, as in they've got different amounts to to suit their bodies and their ability to stay in a calorie deficit. And everyone's got Mm. a different level of perception. You know, some people can go harder. Other people just, you know, find different things. So everyone's following a different plan. But ultimately, we've got to get them into a calorie deficit and one they can stay there 
for this, the, you know, the period of time that I'm going to work with them. That's the best way to lose body fat. So that's my take. So it's definitely calories in, calories out. Now, yeah. hormones, people will say, oh, it's, it's hormones. It's nothing to do with hormones. Like right. hormones will determine maybe some of your actions, but they won't determine weight loss. So for example, a lot of people say, well, if I have high carbs, it releases insulin and insulin causes me to gain body fat. It doesn't. You can have insulin bombs going off all day long, but if you're in a if you're in a deficit, how can you get fat if you're burning more than you're taking in, even if it was pure sugar? Now, I'm not I'm not telling people to go and do that, mm-hmm. but insulin is not a, a player when it comes to it. So the big debate is whether it's calories in, calories out, or whether it's hormones are responsible for fat gain. Now, hormones play a part, but ultimately, the calories you take in will determine whether you gain fat or lose body fat. You know, um, you know, th- there's likely someone's listening to us and they're getting angry, right? Because I'm a keto person or I'm a blah, blah, blah person, right? Um, I, I would challenge you um, to, to, to listen to a book or read a book called Think Again by Adam Grant, right? And so what we don't want to do is be resistant to new information um, or multiple sources of information, right? Just because I, I see a lot of people that get into keto or, or specific diets with a sort of religious zeal. Yeah. And look, it. it's it's great to be passionate about whatever. And if it's working for you, awesome. But, you know, I think, you know, um, Gav, to your point is like, listen, if this is working for you, you're happy, you've got the energy you want. Cool. Keep, keep, keep yeah. doing it. But if you're Absolutely. miserable, Absolutely. And or it's not working. <laughs> 100%. Josh, I have clients... I have clients come to me and they say, I prefer a keto lifestyle. And guess what I say to them? I say, absolutely, let's yeah. stay on keto. I'm not going to tell them that they have to start eating carbs to lose right. body fat because they don't. What I try and say, and people say, oh, you just hate keto. I don't. No. Keto is great if you love doing keto, but it's no better, but it's no and or no worse. There's, my diet isn't my pres- way I prescribe. is not any better than any other thousand different ways because all it is is a calorie deficit now yeah. ultimately if you do keto you still have to be in a calorie deficit if you do, if you're on south beach you're in a calorie deficit if you're right. vegan you're in a calorie deficit like you don't become a vegan and then just lose fat the reason most people when they adopt a vegan lifestyle is because generally they cut out a lot of processed meat a lot of high fat foods which are meat and mm-hmm. people then are oh, vegan it was amazing i lost loads of weight being a vegan no you lost loads of weight because you were in a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. Vegan was your de- ve- vegan was your vehicle. vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So um, I'm a fan of all diets if they can be sustainable, the person enjoys them, and it helps them achieve a calorie deficit. That's the three things that we need for someone to have sustained weight loss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gav, um, one one last thing, uh, you know, as we're kind of talking about the, the topic of – of this, uh, and that is around metabolism. And I think that, you know, I've heard people say, oh, I ruined my metabolism, or I just have a bad metabolism. Um, my, and this is something that, I mean, I've really taken a lot of time to study this because I believed, you know, and uh, that that my metabolism was just way different than this skinny person over here. Um, I'd love your take on it because kind of the conclusion that I've come to is the 
variation is not as great as some of us might be led to believe. Yes, there can be minor variations based on genetics and that sort of thing. Like, for example, I I can usually pack on muscle pretty effectively. Um, But... um, yeah, I'll let, go ahead. I'll let I'll let the yeah, expert no, you, talk you, on it. <laughs> you, the, you, 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 Josh, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. When someone says they've just got a really slow metabolism, right? That, that it doesn't actually exist. That that term doesn't actually mean anything. Absolutely, a one hundred percent genetics will play a huge role. Like mm-hmm. um, we all know, the lucky people that can eat whatever they want and they never get fat. They're just. Look, if you want to be one of those, you just got to choose better parents next time around. <laughs> Simple as that. There's no doubt that some people, some men are predisposed to build muscle and have a, a lot more muscle to start with. And there's no doubt yeah. that, that women generally have a lot less muscle than men and are prone to, you know, they run on estrogen primarily as opposed mm-hmm. to testosterone. So they're going to put body fat on quicker. And there's some different variations. But when someone says, uh, look, put it this way, in, in 15 years of doing this full time, I've never met anyone that can't lose weight if they're on a calorie deficit. Even yes. if someone has got a medical condition, and off the top of my head, let's say they've got an underactive thyroid gland, or they've got um, PCOS, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome, sure. or different other other different conditions that could, and I put this in inverted commas, slow the metabolism down. Right. There's no doubt things can affect it. Certain medications could affect it, but ultimately, if we control their calories. We'll see them lose weight every time. Now, certain people might lose it slightly slower than others. So when someone says, I've just got a really slow metabolism, what that means is in not everyone, it means they're overeating. So they think they've got a slow metabolism because they can't lose weight. What it means is that they're taking in more than they're burning. Um, Once we get the right calories for them and we up their, their, their metabolism, we increase their metabolic rate from eating maybe a more high protein diet and exercise Funnily enough, that metabolism seems to get fixed. Yeah. So yeah. there's, there's, as you said, you said it yourself. The 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 variability or the variance is very very small. No doubt, genetics will play a deter, you know a part sure. in building muscle and burning body fat. But in terms of metabolism, we all pretty much work exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gab, I want to talk about how you work with clients. So obviously, you know, you have some really great before and afters on your website at gavgillibrand.com. Um, but w- someone's been listening to us, like, how do I work with this guy? Like, what what are the levels of engagement? And do you work individually with clients? What what does that look like? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got um I've got two programs. Uh first is a 12-week, 12-week coaching program. Um and after the 12 weeks, clients move into the mastery program. Obviously, you have to go through that front-end program to reach the six-month mastery. Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of a, there's a private membership site with video modules that are coaching people on the things they need to know. Um, and they get drip-fed that throughout the 12 weeks. There's a group coaching call. Now, so although I'm working one-on-one with clients, the group coaching call is probably the most powerful part of the whole program. Um, we do that once a week. And then there's um co- individual coaching calls throughout the program so there's the three areas the the video modules the group coaching and the one-to-one coaching everything's tailored to the individual um but th- what i tend to focus on there's two parts of losing body fat there's the the skill set which is um what to do in the gym or what to do with the exercise and the calories they should be consuming their nutrition that's the skill set but what I really focus on is the mindset. There's a massive psychological component of fat loss that most people mm-hmm. 
only which is why a lot of people when they lose weight they tend to put it back on again so we really need to change what goes on in their thought process you know their own self-beliefs their um, self-esteem their image yeah. look if someone's 260 pounds and they've been there for 20 years mm. losing 30 pounds in 12 weeks is possible but very quickly if we don't change how they see themselves in the world they'll quickly revert back to 260 yes. because yes. it's that thermostat and you'll see it in business you see it in money relationships weight loss anything when anyone achieves anything and let's say you resonate with that person. But if someone's 260 and they've struggled all their life, you know, they've gone out their way to get out to be there. They probably hang around with the people that maybe don't go to the gym or don't look after their health. They're definitely lost a lot of self-esteem in most cases, their confidence, mm-hmm. their body image. Like just getting someone that's vastly overweight into the gym is a tricky job in the first place. They're almost mm-hmm. almost because they've tried everything as well. Mm-hmm. Why would this work? So almost self-sabotage can be a play a massive role. And we see it with people with money as well. They they suddenly get this massive increase in salary. And then the yes. next year they they screw up and miss an important interview. And because it's very comfortable for them to go back down to where they were. Mm. And it's exactly the same with weight loss. So the coaching is really more a psychological component to it as opposed to the, the skill set is easy. I can teach the skill set in an hour. The psychological aspect is what we'll really focus on, and that's what we'll do in the group and and the one to one coaching. Yeah. Um, so, Gav, um, it, um, in terms of like um, the types of folks that you work with, like uh, looks like you work with a lot of folks in the US. I'd say I'd say fifty percent US. It just I've got a great market there. LinkedIn is my main platform, and I've got a lot of clients in the US. I've currently got seven clients in the US and there's about 10 in the UK at the moment. So it's, um, but, but I actually just take on, took it on a, a guy from Denmark and a young lady from New Zealand. So it really is international. I would say the majority is probably North American and UK based. Yeah. Terrific. All right. So Gav, your website, gavgillibrand.com. What's the GHG method? Uh, that's your book. And you have a podcast as well. I've got the GHD method here. This is kind of the, there we go. Uh, this is, um, I published this in March, 2019. Um, I guess it's the the written version of what I teach in the 12 weeks. Um, as it's a great call to action. If once I've read this book, I said, look, if you want to be a client, get in touch with me. Um, there's a funny, few funny stories about blind day and the stripping days, but that's the GHD method. The podcast is the health, fitness and lifestyle show, which is, which is, we're having a bit of a break on that. We actually used to only record live. And then, you know, this stupid thing called COVID-19 got in the way. <laughs> um, so it's kind of curtailed that. Uh, but we hope to get back to recording um, live as soon as possible. Yeah, excellent, excellent. All right, Gav, your website, gavgillibrand.com. And uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, anything else that folks should look for? Uh, my big platform, the website gavgillibrand.com, but fi- come find me on LinkedIn. That's where most of my engagement is, uh, most of my followers on social media. It's my main platform. Uh, all my videos are posted on there. Uh, I probably post two or three times a day on LinkedIn. been a great platform for me. So probably come and find me on LinkedIn and we can have a chat. If you're looking to lose weight, you've tried everything before, you still want to eat your favorite foods, and you, don't wanna, and you still want to have a life, Um, I'm your man. Come and see me. Yeah. Excellent. Gav, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Josh. Thanks for having me on the show. 
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.